Alchemists in the making would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is being curated and produced. We'd also like to pay our respects to all First Nations elders past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people who may be listening in on our conversation today and celebrate their continuing connection to land and water. As we are here today to listen and share, we hope that this will inspire everyone who is listening to dedicate a time and space to listen to our First Nation people's stories, for it always was, always will be Aboriginal land. everybody welcome to another episode of alchemist podcast season four hero phenomena which is an extension of the blog alchemist in the making i'm your host Kimberly ho an architecture graduate and a writer who is interested in architecture's intersection with anything and everything so joining me today you would recognize this person or recognize her voice if you have been a semi long time follower i don't know if i'm allowed to even say long time follower but i brought back gina hi again yay before we begin Gina because I think it's been a while since we've had you in the podcast sphere could I get you to just quickly reintroduce yourself all right sure hello everyone it's very good to be back I'm Gina I'm a recent registered architect and an emergent artist also with really keen interest in public arts and activations so yeah, it's very great to be back here and having a pleasant chat with Kim as always. Yeah, I'm quite excited about this topic, uh, despite, as I mentioned, <laughs> we had a bit of a hiccup, technical hiccup, so we're resigning this again. But I might get you to perhaps jumpstart this discussion just mainly because, Gina, every time you <laughs> come up, I swear our conversations or podcast ideas tend to come from your discussions that you have. So I think I'm going to get you to fire away about this question that you posed for me, which led to this episode happening. <laughs> yeah, so just generally having a casual conversation with friends in general, then you know, we were talking about designs and career, and then this friend of mine fired a question on me, asking me these big questions when, um, you know, when you review yourself, your dis- the designs, you generally wanted to feel that you want to live in your design, right? And mm-hmm. have you ever felt that? And at that very moment when we have that conversation, I just totally got stunned and couldn't answer that question on the spot. Mm-hmm. And... You know, like, I don't know whether I'm being over-analytical or, yeah, for whatever reason, that question just been haunting me for days. And, you know, and then I just came to Kim and just, like, fire the question across and see what what uh, what you can pass me some answers or inspiration. And that's how this conversation starts. <laughs> yeah, I-, I think because when you asked me that question, I ended up asking my colleagues at work and they were all just like crickets for a little bit because it is a challenging question to be asked whether there have been projects that you love it so much that you want to live in it. And I'm not sure about you because I think you have worked in a few residential projects, uh-huh. if uh-huh. I remember correctly. But for me, the only residential stuff I've ever done were things that I did in uni. And I uh-huh. I think we'll expand a little bit on that a little later. Um, because for me personally, it's only been 
it's nearly a year, four years since I've started working my first architecture firm job. I've done mm-hmm. a lot of commercial projects, health projects, and a bit of education projects. And so when I first posed that question to my colleagues, my thought was maybe to rephrase it. How about to put it in our context oh. of the firm that I'm working in is like, has there been an education project where you've designed it to a point where you know that that's the environment you will definitely send your kids to someday or like if you have a time machine and you can be a kid again in this day and age like that's somewhere you want to go or like healthcare right like mm-hmm. how would you design it so that you feel comfortable when you walk into these environments so I think for me when you first posed that question to me I took it from a very personal perspective more personal aspects of it because to me that question felt very personal so that was the reason why I was just like oh I guess I'm going through a personal route but my (laughs) like I know other colleagues have a very very different opinion to it so I don't know if you did tell the audience here or like whether you want to review what your thoughts are on this question so I'm just going to see if you want to talk Ah. about your thoughts (laughs) about that question first off Right. I mean, like, when that f- question comes through, the first thing come to my mind is, you know, like, there's just, there's so many aspects or so many different ways to interpret these questions. Mm-hmm. Like, the first one that you have already kind of mentioned is about, like, that personal and professional difference, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, for someone, if it's not, uh, you know, like, working in a residential project, what does that even mean? Um, yeah, so, you know, it's about that how you bring your personality or your personal taste and your thoughts and your, uh, as an architect, what's that meaning in bringing your thoughts into life, like the personal, like the personal aspects into the work. And then also how, you know, sometimes, you know, if we, if we don't have that, in, like, drive in designing a residential project, what is the emotional attachment to the work? So that is the first thing that comes into my mind mm-hmm. with that, you know, um, something to do with the personal and professional difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's yeah, your I, thoughts? <laughs> my thoughts in terms of the personal, it reminded me of this phrase one of my classmates said to me during this drawing elective because this drawing elective, which was supposed to have quite a lot of students at the start, ended up becoming a class of like eight students because there were a lot of clashes and also our tutor made it very clear that it is about us and in approach to drawing so it was putting ourselves in it and I love these types of things which I think we'll talk about this a little (laughs) later and Mm. she told me that she didn't like to be personal with her projects which kind of struck a chord with me when I first heard it I'm like oh that is not something you would hear every day about because for me I look after all my projects like they're my babies yeah um probably because as I said earlier on like when I first went into architecture school had no idea what architecture is again don't know who all these architects were and so I thought (laughs) the only way for me to thrive in architecture is put my own spin to it because I think if you don't put yourself in it and you don't develop yourself as well while you're developing architecture skills then I think you don't see yourself grow so like for me I personally saw all my architecture projects Mm. as a way of documenting my personal growth because you can tell through the types of projects as I chose eventually they were a reflection of where my interests were so it started off with something very 
small scale but then I realized the more I did things it kind of made it very obvious that I was more in the very civic type of like you know community type of architecture projects and it was seldom residential stuff I can't even remember well there was only one residential project but it was tackling on the narrative of the sharing economy so I think that I was I did get personal to it because I think there was my own takes of it. Like I wrote poetry for my projects. Um, how do I say this? It's like uh, masters for instance, like my final year, I was literally diarizing every week about my thoughts and the development of my thoughts towards these issues that we were tackling in our master's projects. So mm-hmm. I was quite emotional to an extent, but I think I wasn't as emotional as I was when I first started probably because I was still coming out from that artist perspective because I think for me you and I we came from a in quotes fine arts background per se because I did fine arts in high school and so everything was personal like everything was about how your reaction to different things but architecture kind of teaches you to not be as personal to an extent you can still be personal but I think it's also a sense of maturity and growth over time that teaches you to balance like how personal and how emotional you want it to be. Also, something come up to my mind is just also this like privacy part in mm-hmm. the work and you know how how you bring that because everyone has different taste in general and mm. you as a designer you you can only refer to a different elements and or your life experiences to your design rather than you know actually bringing your personal elements into it i'm just Mm. saying that you know like and there's a difference between that um, privacy and trying to find a better word it's not public but like you know (laughs) the Mm. the, there's a different differentiation for bringing that privacy into your design if you know what i'm saying yeah so i guess that's where the personal stuff comes from that and you know like how how personal you can get with a project yeah I, I think it's also about how deeply involved you are because for me the position that I am in right now because I am relatively new I'm very rarely am involved in projects from start to finish because at least that is how it is in my office right now it's just that resourcing is your res- your resource to wherever a project needs you right I don't know about yeah, yeah, yeah. your end and your experience and so for me like lessons from last year I would say is that I can be involved but you understand that it's an evolving process and you can only be involved in it so much because how do I put this I think um was it Tom McKenzie like ages ages ago he talked about how like I think somebody did ask him like how does it feel when he finishes a project it's like Mm. you can feel a sense of pride but the moment you hand over the keys to the other person it is theirs like what they're going to do with it is beyond your, their, their control, right? And I have yeah. to then remember that things that I do, I can do the best as I can to ensure the best outcomes and possibilities. But then the rest yeah. is beyond my control as well. Yeah. So I guess that leads to probably the second aspect of this question. So, you know, like, have you mm-hmm. ever feel proud, like the pride in your work, like mm-hmm. that pride aspect in creating something i remember having a conversation like after i got that question i actually asked my friend when we got a spare moments to chat and he was telling me how he felt emotionally drained 
on the project that he was worked on. He was not super proud of it, but then because mm-hmm. he's so involved and so dedicated himself or emotionally drained throughout the process, he felt he felt that it's already part of him in some way mm-hmm. that makes a statement of him professionally. So yeah, yeah, I guess the second aspect that comes to that with that questions like of you know how proud you are with your work. So I'm gonna flip on you first before I make a comment about feeling quite emotionally drained. Yeah. Well, my comment. Yeah. Like, have you, like, projects that you felt proud of? Or is this too much of a controversial topic? It's a very controversial topic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I guess this is also probably, you know, I'm just going to dodge the bullet, say that this is also comes with the another aspect of, you know, the job satisfaction, (laughs) maybe. If that's the case, I feel like. Something our industry also need to recognize is that we're, I would like to believe that majority of us architects slash designers slash architecture graduates are dreamers, if you think about it, because how do I say this? It's our industry, I would like to think is quite altruistic to an extent because we'd like to design for calls. We like to have, we like to promote good design or the importance of good design and it's very aspirational in that aspect which I think I am part of that category like in terms of the advocacy part because of a lot of the things that I am involved in it's quite ambitious per se and that is fine but I think there seems to be this shadow type corner in which we forget to acknowledge because there are people who are good at what they're doing but sometimes they don't have that mental capacity to be dreamers rather is to get that project done they are, there are still some altruistic prospects to mm. it, but I think it's not as, how do I say, the advocacy isn't as strong as that aspect. And therefore, sometimes like you're churning through so many projects that you forget to step back and look at what you've achieved mm. and be proud of. Because I like to imagine is that I think every one of us is proud of what we've done and what we've accomplished because architecture is a hard industry it's not just architecture but like if you look at other professions and other types of jobs everything is hard and like there's an aspect that we forget to look back and just realize how far we've come so I feel like maybe there hasn't been the space for us to step back and see what we've accomplished and be proud of because I think a lot of the time is we spend so much time on Revit, CAD, Archicad, etc, etc and it's very hard for us to see manifestation of projects just given the nature of what our work routine is like and so it's very hard for us to realize that. I, I thought that is my way of safeguarding our industry especially I think a lot of people may disagree with me with this but then yeah as I would like to believe is that oh I don't know I I don't think you're dodging the bullet I would say I think it's just more like you haven't had that space to step back and (laughs) realize how much you've accomplished as well yeah like the how proud you are as with the role as an architect slash designer I think that is yeah yeah and how 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 you professionally finding your grounds and mm-hmm. yeah that is just generally mm-hmm. it's a, probably that will be another topic <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, no, no. yeah. <laughs> um i think like maybe we should just quickly wrap up the second point so then you can introduce your third point right it's like architecture to quote amelia lee who i heard her from this palace salon 
um, she said that architecture is an identity thing. And mm. I phrased this to my colleagues at work, and next thing you know, I accidentally set off this huge identity crisis. But this question also challenges your stance in the architecture realm. Like, who mm. are you as an individual in the architecture world? And yeah, that's probably another tension. Yeah. <laughs> like, I might bring you back on or bring somebody else on next time. Or you go and start your own podcast and you can start <laughs> Just going to go around and ask all the hard questions. <laughs> yeah, you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, like, I guess that's, you know, a second aspect of asking, have you ever felt that, like, either you're proud or not? whether mm-hmm. that you it's part of the design that you want to live in but you know sometimes yeah, yeah. it's already grown into part of us um throughout the journey mm-hmm. yeah mm. and your third aspect so the third aspect i've probably just i have touched on a little bit probably is the job satisfactions like, oh, yeah, yeah, true that. yeah so you know like have you felt proud or comfortable or happy um, yep. that you are in where you are I think that is part of that comes in the questions as I mentioned yeah, you know yeah. like there are compromises that will happen not just in the project but at work as well do you feel comfortable like reviewing mm-hmm. this do you want to live in even all these compromises you have made are you do you feel that you want to live in that th- design or like making that statement after all so yeah yeah I mean, it comes down to that, like, our collaboration, right, where we asked all our guests is this what you wanted, and my God, I got asked that so many times at work. I'm it's part of you me. now. It's part of you yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, so then it kind of brings back to that tangent that I was talking about, about architecture being an identity thing, right, about mm-hmm. where you see yourself in the architecture world. But the other thing I think we need to be aware about, as I said earlier, we've got the dreamers, but there are those who are involved in, what's a euphemism for taboo? Like, you know, the, how do I say it? The dark side of architecture, if you understand what I'm saying. So when I, when I'm saying about the dark side of architecture, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be considerate about these people because there's a lot of political issues that we can raise here. Uh-huh. But it's like, detention centers you know oh god this feels really uncomfortable saying this but like uh prisons and such those types of architecture like you can't be proud of it um well i don't i mean i don't know whether even to say you're proud of designing that is the right thing but somebody has to do it but if they're doing it then i think they I'm sure somewhere in them there is that advocacy aspect of them uh, to try and improve things because I yeah, do know yeah. that, sorry, if we're going through this bit of a dark route, <laughs> I put a disclaimer in earlier on, sorry, but I'm sure they're, they're now fighting for a better change, like in implementing like perhaps um, a more of a, how do I say, a welfare, like that well-being mindset all those well-being areas so then therefore it's not just this uh the connotations that are associated with those places that we're designing with right so I feel that this question that we asked well you posed earlier on whether 
we should be proud of what we're designing or like have there been has there been a project that you love so much that you kind of wish it was your own project like wish you would design for yourself Mm. I think there's that risk of being one-sided when it comes to that aspect of looking at that architecture Mm. I think we also need to accept and realize that somebody else has to design the confronting moments the more confronting aspects of it and Mm. yeah so that's just something I think we need to also be aware of when you're asking this question. But then this is coming from two people, you and I, who like to dwell, <laughs> who enjoys dwelling <laughs> on these types of dilemmas. Yeah. So, so like, that, I guess that's the, you know, the more merits and moral aspects of these questions. I guess there is also proud in, in it when they are designing yeah. that project because they are making a difference in some way and they are you know more or less making a different like more or less changing the words uh, or moving the words into a better place hopefully hopefully Mm -hmm. um yeah so i guess that question is kind of still valid in that sense to when you know whether you want to live in your design like living in Mm. something and believing in something that you designed and that impact could be made and move it to a you know better side rather you know having that control to what's like having that control and move it to a better places because everything is double-sided anyway like a double sword you wanted to have that control to make a change rather than just let it be as it is yeah I think it's also recognizing that on top of that having control right it's also understanding that there's limitations to how much you can control something as well sorry I feel like I'm being a, a bit more cynical in this episode just probably because of I don't know if I'm on holiday <laughs> mode or with the I'm slightly jaded but I feel like we do need a balance sometimes like these are the hard questions that we have been well I don't think many people want to address it or mm. find it very difficult to discuss about so I guess I'm just kind of here or being up another can of worms which I nah I'm not sorry about because I think it's it is something that we do talk about but it's just not out in the public as yeah. much please do not fire me for whoever listens to this <laughs> no but it's important yeah it's important like I feel when you were saying all this um just now I don't know whether it's just because these days I've been watching Spider-Man and <laughs> that that sentence of with greater power comes with greater responsibilities just fires yeah, through yeah, my yeah. mind so there you are you have a really great responsibilities to fulfill <laughs> and to change the world <laughs> so okay now going back to you asking me whether there have been projects that I am proud of mm-hmm. yes I will say I am proud of the things that I've done for them uh, one of them, which is probably my first design project, which did come into fruition. And it's still being used to this day. I'm not going to say you guys, because I feel like people will go on LinkedIn and try and figure out which one it is. And there's another one, like my uni project, right? We designed a stage, like a performing set that was eventually given to somebody to use to live in which was really poignant and I was proud of that and also another one it's not architecture project but I was project coordination when I was overseas and to be able to be a part of that and be part of the team to make things happen yeah I was proud of those but I wouldn't say mm, 
please don't kill me for saying this, but it just reminded me of like the question that your friend asked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't necessarily jumping for joy, but I was relieved. I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like perhaps I'm becoming more jaded. <laughs> this reminds me of that time when like a like one of my classmates, she she saw me again. She's like, "Oh, you're you're more subdued in comparison to first year because you were so like enthusiastic about everything. You just look so worn out and such." Oh, <laughs> maybe I am, but I think maybe I I express my pride differently. Perhaps, like, I I think it's also a maturity thing. Like, Mm. oh my god, I don't think I am that mature at work. But, but yeah, I think it's just difference of expression, and yeah, yeah, that's that's all. I'm gonna if you want me to answer that question, that is my answer. Like, yes, there Mm. have been projects I'm proud of. I can't say that I want to live in any of them because they're all public projects. And I can't live in that type of installation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I guess I just still up to this day, so probably no, I don't think I can still answer that, but I, I'm trying to make a make a difference, but I haven't get to make that much impact yet. But I haven't mm. find a joy that I could wanna live in my design, you know. I think that mm. is also another question, you know. As a lot of architects, they won't be able to live in their own designs and, you know, not, yeah. cannot afford that. So up until that point, maybe then my heart will feel full and then I yeah, can answer no, no, that that's question. completely fine. And I think it's, how do I put it? It's like, it's not that it's a bad thing that we don't want to live in it. It's just that we can still enjoy what we design, but if it's not the lifestyle that we choose, then perhaps it just may not be suited to it. Like, mm. if I think back to my second year project, I don't think I would be able to live in that type of house as cool as it is because that's not the type of house I envision myself in. Maybe. Again, please don't fire me. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that I'm disappointed in it. It's just that I do like it. But yeah, it's just my tastes have changed over time. Maybe once upon a time, yes, I would have liked to. But I've grown. It's not an excuse. I don't think it's an excuse, but it's my reasoning is to say that I've just grown out of it. Yeah. I'm happy to say that. Okay. Yeah. So let's just go back to one of the things that I've written about in yeah. terms of being personal working mm-hmm. again, as an artist, I'm just going to say, cause you did introduce yourself as an emerging artist. How personal do you think your projects have been then? Sorry. I don't mean to throw this on you so suddenly. Like throughout the journey. Yeah, like, or even your recent installations, like, how personal do you think you can get when it comes to artworks and such? Um, so every project that I involve in, I, of course, I will bring in some of my personal thinkings and research mm-hmm. or understanding into it. But as far as that can go, that is just how I interpreted some objects or some topics so probably that is um, how close that for a project to get up to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, as the project develop and seeing it come to realizations, it will become part of me and I'm starting to feel more emotionally involved to it because seeing it come, into your, like, come to life in front of your eyes, mm-hmm. it's always something that the fulfillment will mm-hmm. come into your the emotion and, you know, the attachment sense. 
So I think that is how, you know, generally projects are to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? (laughs) Okay. If you're asking me from an art perspective, I think I've just stereotypical (laughs) Pisces. I am a relatively sensitive person. So I am somebody who's worn my heart Mm -hmm. on the sleeve quite a fair bit. Like everything I do, I guess like I kind of pulled my own identity to it when it came to comes to making art mm. back then. Like I know this is <laughs> nearly ten years ago, but mm. it is about myself. It was for me, art was essentially a journal of my observations and such. Mm-mm. And I'd like to think I am a relatively private person, even though I don't sound like a private person because I can <laughs> overshare. But I choose very specific parts of myself to protect and the rest I will let people just go figure or just observe Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine because I think those are certain aspects that I don't think people are aware that they have in themselves as well I think my final year project was quite a personal one just because of the items I had to study, the content that I was given, yeah. and then realizing I had to unlearn a lot of the things that I learned when I was younger. Yeah. And that was another whole spiral in itself that I think I am submerged myself into it that I think I've just partially poured, like allowed a bit of myself Mm-mm. in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess perhaps my final project was being treated a bit as an artwork because the landscape itself was a sculpture right but yeah architecturally no I'm not as personal as I used to be I would like to say I think it's because again you have to realize and I think just from me now that I've had experience of it you can only control so much Mm. and that's all and that's something I have to remind myself and also to my friends and I we always we have to try and remind each other that it's not about you like it's a very self you can say it's a very millennial thing it's like it's about the self-expression self-identity but it's not always that it's looking beyond that as well do you think that this is like a way of your you protecting yourself sorry throwing a question at you no 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 this is a good one like you know, like, because you're trying to protect it, that your personal emotion and, you know, expressions away from all this project. Mm, yes and no. And I think it's to do with, how do I put it? I think it's to do with knowing when to pick your battles, when to mm-hmm. fight, right? Um and I would say this sounds this might sound a little bit ignorant, but have you heard of that saying like the closer to home, the more you're gonna care about it? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I think that applies to us in architecture. Like there is a somewhat reason as to why we're working at the firms that we want to. Okay, I will acknowledge that some people don't have a choice and have to work in where they are working now due to certain circumstances, which I will point that out but I think having said we all are still trying to work towards something that matters to us quite a fair bit so there will be aspects that I will definitely be disappointed in and whether I am 
but I don't know if I am protecting myself though. I think it's just more like, oh, maybe I am getting less personal. Because if I think about the Empavilly mm. event that I was at, right? Because I wrote a mm. reflection saying like, I'm not as attached to the things I am in comparison to it was. Because probably back then it was me and the worlds. Like in uni, you were majority of the time on your own. Yeah. But then as you gradually start working in an office professionally, mm. you it's a collaborative and others. It's not you against the world type yeah, of mentality. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's being lost to an extent. It's a good one though. What about you? I guess yes. That's probably why like I ask that questions. I'm trying to protect myself from the world. And I would like to also add, going back to how you talked about, was it your friend who talked about like burning themselves out? Yeah. Like I think we're all trying to protect ourselves from that because our industry is very is heavily dependent dependent on the how economy is thriving or not so thriving as well. And you have to move from one to another and because we need to protect ourselves from burning out, I think that's also another reason why that's the case of not being too invested. If I think back to this question in interior architecture tutor gave me she asked me she was like this is for you to think about over the holidays before you come back she was hoping that I was still like into your architecture evidently that didn't happen but she told she asked me what do you think the difference is between design and art like between art and design Mm -hmm. and it took me a while because I had to ask my aunt who gave me the answer which I really liked um, and I, I think for, if I remember from memory, it's like designers insinuates a bridge between hope and like a bit of yourself as well as for others. And like that visionary that you, like that vision you have in terms of a solution, right? We do offer solutions, but at the same time, we offer a little bit of our optimism and advocacy mm. and you can only take so much when you're advocating for something because the, if you give too much of yourself into it, you risk that chance of becoming very disillusioned of mm. it as well, right? And I think if we think back to a lot of the guests that we interviewed, a lot of them, I would like to think, we were at some point quite enamored with what architecture could bring, but mm. we did get a bit disillusioned. I think you and I were slightly disillusioned based on the events of last year which is why we had that question right Mm. so then do you think that there might be a fourth perspective to these questions like there's an expectation and reality as you know in the personal maybe like in the sense of like personal goals and aims this is like is this what you want a continuation part do you think (laughs) so this is like maybe yeah maybe because you know like you have an expectation of what things will be but then the reality is another thing so then yeah yeah yeah. um yeah you want to leave in something but then it's not really the things if we link that i know that way linking it back to the questions and you know that there's (laughs) i do understand where you're coming from though which i think it's a valid point because we do need to address this part like this is another thing that i think nobody really talks about a lot Mm. because again i think it's it comes down to the pride thing okay pride it's good to be proud of something Mm. 
but it's also serving as a roadblock for us to not address the problems that are facing us. That yeah. is, again, talking about that disillusion or the shatteredness, shattering of your rose lenses. Mm. Um, okay, given the position that I am in, because after all, I review architecture, I am an advocacy. Well, you can say I'm in a committee that advocates you are. You are. architecture. I still do have that rose colored lenses to an extent. They're not as rosy as they used to be. Uh-huh. So I think like there are times where I do have very high hopes for my industry and my profession and how society sees our profession. But hmm, you can say it's a defense mechanism, but I am also mentally prepared for those expectations to be not met. Mm. And I think somewhere, if I think about it, like the reason why I started this conversation, like the podcast was because there was no space for us to discuss about these things. Mm. So I'm just now paving my own space so that I can then invite some of my friends to then to talk about these things because if we don't realize these things then we can't grow per se I would like to think like if we put keep putting in the shadow like it's much easier to have this disillusionment so if we're now being aware of why we're doing this it's because Hmm. I think both of us deep down we're still hopeful but at the same time, as you said, we're protecting ourselves from being too shattered yeah. by it. Yeah. It's like there's cracks to an extent. And mm-hmm. again, it's we're still young. You are young, by the way, before you <laughs> before you rebut me. Um, right. Okay. We are young and we still got a lifetime to figure out what we want. Um, uh. This is something I said to Dinny quite a fair bit. It's like, no, you don't have much time to get into the profession. Uh. This is something I do strongly believe is... Um, as Sean has pointed out the longer you graduate and not get a job the less relative you are so you do have a deadline between graduating and getting a job however you have a whole lifetime to figure out what you want Mm. and that is completely okay even if it's now like where I am now yes this is more than I wanted not really what I expected but more than wanted great (laughs) yeah yeah but who knows in the next couple of years it's it will be different like maybe I want something else maybe I do want to go back into academia but right now I'm just happily straddling between the two side note I feel like I'm doing most of the talking so I feel like you're the one who's interviewing me the whole time sorry I'm I'm actually interviewing (laughs) (laughs) yourself for the perspective of like Expectation yeah, and reality. that's reality yeah so i guess yeah still don't know what i wanted <laughs> still exploring what what is this what is yeah. the potentials maybe yeah. that is just my way of self-protecting of so then yeah. i would just you know go like explore as it goes and set up my goals along the way i'm mm. excited to see what lives ahead yes well, that's a mm. good point uh, yeah, I just suddenly remember like that conversation with Tracy last year, and she, mm-hmm. I was asking her, and she was like, "I'm happy to just you know staying in unknown and let life yeah. unwell itself." Um, yeah, I guess I, I couldn't understand back then, but now I'm like at this point that I'm I'm happy to see what is this ahead. I guess it's because I'm in an exciting time with a lot of projects and stuff. Mm. 
I I think that's where we can leave it, perhaps, because yeah. I'd like to think that this is more of a discussion and not really. There's no conclusion for this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but um, we are throwing the question out to yeah, no, it's, it's a brilliant <laughs> question. Like when you asked me, and then I asked my colleagues, everybody was just like, <gasps> "What do you What do you mean?" Um, followed by my next favorite one which was an identity thing which I ended up talking on top of everybody for the whole meeting which I'm really sorry about Uh, so good job so yeah um thanks for throwing me into the deep end that day again as I said you really need to just start your own podcast come on girl like <laughs> just answer all the questions now oh, you can always come back if you ever yeah. want to just yeah. like keep chucking it in yeah. you can't see me right now I know but like I'm just like doing the hand motions like make it rain um but yeah just yeah you're welcome you you're always welcome here Gina um, I know. It's just I know. that the problem is well you, have, you have to be the one who's doing all the editing. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, before you go, do you mm-hmm. have anything you want to share, like any social media handles? Everyone can find me on my social media handle, which mm-hmm. is uh, the Instagram name is called Miss Stingray. And... I didn't even ask you why you chose Stingray, but you can tell me that offline later. Okay, I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, so the also have a creative website, which is uh-huh. under the same name. So it's MissStingray.com. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to find me on my creative works and collaborations, always welcomed. So yay. Lovely. And mm-hmm. I will put those in the notes as always, as well as that question that Gina threw me. I will not put the other one. Don't worry. So you don't have to kill me if that is the case. And yeah, as always, please subscribe if you haven't already. And I realized that Spotify also started their rating system. So if you could please give us a nice rating. I don't want to ask for a five star. But if you could just give us at least three above, that would be lovely. So that we can make our way into other people's profiles and recommendations. And yeah, please don't hesitate to contact us if you've got any thoughts and such. And yes, please follow us in Alchemist in the Making, which is all in one word. No caps or spaces needed. And as always, please stay safe and take care, everybody. And we'll see you for another episode. Bye!